Welcome to episode 161 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Below, and I am super happy to be with you for the next few minutes. It's been a while, hasn't it? If you're a regular listener, you might have wondered where I disappeared to. If you're not a regular listener and you've just discovered me, I hope you discovered some things in the archives to keep you busy until I had a new episode. It's been a really upside down fall, um, full of change and the unexpected. The big news is that about one month from now, and I'm coming to you from the end of uh, November, so in the end of December, a moving van will pull up behind our apartment building, load up our stuff, and move us from Tacoma, Washington to Muskegon, Michigan. Remember the blogcast from earlier in the year about living on the liminal edges of life? Well, that is my 24-7 reality right now. It's really testing my comfort with being in that in-between space of not going crazy from uncertainty and too many choices to make and sometimes not enough choices that make me happy. I'm sure it's not a coincidence that another theme, in addition to living in liminal space, has emerged recently. The tension between what's now and what's next. Let me explain in this blogcast episode titled A Better Question Than What's Next. Keep listening all the way to the end of the podcast because I'm going to share a special deal coming up for my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, as well as some upcoming guests that I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast over the next month or so. A Better Question Than What's Next. During a coaching session, a client is describing to me a recent launch party that she had for her new book. It's her first book, and she shares that everyone is really excited about it and congratulating her on her success. In the middle of one conversation, a friend asks her, so what's next? My client's mind starts tripping through her to-do list full of social media promotion, blog posts, trainings to plan, website updates, and webinars. What was excitement about the book launch and the sense of accomplishment she felt became anxiety about the growing list of things that she had to do, and even thinking and second-guessing herself about what we should have done before the launch even happened. There's nothing inherently wrong with the question, what's next? It's something that should be asked eventually. But when we ask it too soon, we deny ourselves something very important. In the case of my client, she hadn't given herself enough space to settle into her new identity of author. When I point that out in our session, she says, oh my gosh, I'm an author. Now, mind you, this was a week or so after the launch and two weeks or so after the book was published. The reality of it and the joy of it hadn't sunk in yet because everything was focused on what's next. Why do we refrain from celebrating sometimes? Is it an introvert thing? Not everything that is curious about us is related to introversion or even extroversion, but I do wonder if there's a connection Perhaps you're an introvert who wishes life had a fast-forward button, who grows uncomfortable in the spotlight of accomplishment. If that describes you, no wonder you want to move on as quickly as possible. And it's not only accomplishment and being the center of attention that can cause us to beat feet faster than a speeding bullet. It's the discomfort with the long goodbye that can also trip us up. 
I believe I've shared on this podcast before about my own discomfort with staying in the moment when whatever's next is peeking out at me from around the corner. Whether I was finished with school or leaving a job, my instinct was always to say, I'm done, thanks for the memories, I'm out of here. No long, lingering goodbyes for Beth. As soon as I knew whatever was next, I'd mentally check out of wherever I was. I might have been physically present, but my mind and my heart had already moved on. In fact, in some ways, I'm struggling with that right now. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm preparing to move across the country. My husband and I have known that this was happening since early October, and we were only able to tell people in early November. We pull out of town around December 29th. To say I've been struggling with the liminal space of the experience, with one foot in Washington State and the other in Michigan, is really an understatement. I even have found myself thinking, I wish we could say our goodbyes around mid-December and then let everyone think that we're gone so that they could just get on with their lives and we could get our heads around what's next. Some of that was the introvert in me talking. After all, there's a lot of energy expended around the holidays anyway. But add to that the fact that I'm leaving 10 years of in-person relationships, and I won't see many people that I love for quite some time. And it's enough to make me want to crawl into a hole and not come out. But then I was sitting this past Sunday in the back row of church, and I was looking at the backs of people that I've grown extremely fond of over the past few years that I've been a member. I looked at the bulletin and I saw a list of five or six gatherings that I could attend over the next few weeks. I experienced an inner tug of war. On the one hand, I had this overwhelming urge to embrace and be with as many of them as much as possible. Alongside the other hand that said, I have an equally strong urge to snap my fingers, disappear, and move on without looking in the rearview mirror. The former urge is more focused on what's now, the latter, what's next. And I believe the healthy response lies somewhere in between. I want to learn from my past mistakes of moving on too quickly, of not fully appreciating in the moment how important people were to me and me to them. I'm not going to go to every gathering that I saw in the bulletin, but I'll do my best to visit with as many people as possible before going. I'm going to try to focus on what's now as much as possible. It's the only thing I have, after all. It's the only thing any of us have. Taking care of the future is necessary and inevitable. I have little choice about the need for housing and other basic logistical needs, for instance. But getting too focused on those to the exclusion of everything else will cause me to miss being fully present with people while I still can. I need to trust that I'll figure out the future details even as I try to be rooted in the present. Whether we're talking about celebrating an accomplishment, grieving a loss, or in transition from one state of being to another, or literally from one state to another state, we have an opportunity. That opportunity is to not get ahead of ourselves, to not be preoccupied by the what-ifs and to-dos and I-should-bes. Think about that. To be preoccupied means to be occupied in advance. And the word has an undercurrent nuance that implies that the advanced occupation, instead of planning or being in implementation mode, is a distraction. 
let's disrupt our tendency to be preoccupied. Let's take time to acknowledge whatever it is that shifted and introduced a new layer of identity, emotion, or awareness into our lives. Let's take the time to say, I'm an author. I'm a graduate. I'm a parent. Today, I live here and love these people who are right here in front of me. If we can trust that what's next will be addressed in due time, what does it mean to live in the what's now? It means that if you take care of the present moment, the next moment will reveal itself. In my mind, to take care means to do the best you can with the information and the circumstances you have. I remember Hillary Clinton giving an interview shortly after her husband's term was completed. So it would have been, what, um, late, you know, like 1999-2000. She was asked what she was going to do next. I loved her answer. She basically said, and I admit I am paraphrasing heavily just based on my, my memory, she said, I don't know. I'm still processing where I'm at now. I want to see what evolves. I've learned that none of us can predict the future. And if I do what I know to be best moment by moment, then what's next will become more obvious as time goes on. Hearing her say that, I felt validated. Surrounded by people who are always looking ahead and setting very specific goals, I felt my lack of drive for doing that must have meant that I was at best being zen about the whole thing, and at worst, I was a freak. (laughs) Her perspective helped me to realize that there was nothing wrong with my attitude of doing my best in the moment, trusting the future would build on that best effort. And I've basically operated that way ever since. Living in the what now also means that you're taking time to own whatever is happening. It often says something about our identity, how we see ourselves, how others see us. That's not something to rush through. It's like you've had a new side or dimension added to the prism of your life. You want to give that time to find its place in the light and reflect something back to you. In the spirit of becoming whole and becoming our fullest selves, we need to make space to integrate that new slice of identity into our lives. I'm an author. I'm a parent. I'm a graduate. We also need to give ourselves space to celebrate and feel into the moment, gather enough energy from the win that whatever comes next feels like an expansion and an evolution of that win. That's why I've always liked the shape of a spiral. It incorporates everything from the beginning and builds in layers. Those layers will be celebrations, losses, and everything in between. And it grows. It expands. And the more space you leave between the layers, the more you allow them to breathe, and the bigger your spiral and your life will be. A client shared with me this week that she'd recently heard a Swedish phrase, lugum, and I really hope I'm saying that properly. It's spelled L-A-G-O-M. And it translates as enough, sufficient, adequate, or just right. As Wikipedia puts it, it implies a state of appropriateness rather than scarcity. It's not about having barely enough to get by, but enough to feel gratitude. You could extend the concept to mean being content with what you have. 
To me, that's directly related to being able to be present in the moment. When we say, what's next, there's a bit of grasping, a touch of more please, or I want something different. I want to be clear. There's nothing wrong with either of those thoughts. It's okay to want more. It's okay to want different. We just have to remember that there are two sides to the coin, a healthy and an unhealthy way to be with the question. Sometimes what's next is impatience or scarcity disguised as ambition. We think if we're not asking the question, we're not demonstrating motivation or drive. If we're moving on because of fear, and that fear could be of intimacy, success, or admiration from others, for instance, that we're missing an opportunity to fully welcome a new piece of our identity. Remember, life isn't a series of boxes that you check off. It's an evolution of experiences that build on one another. It is that spiral with added layers with every experience. One of the best ways to enjoy that ride of life is to remember to regularly ask yourself, what now? What do I want to acknowledge in this moment? What is happening now that will serve me moving forward? What's happening now that tells me something about who I am, what's important to me, what I've accomplished, and where I'm going? Commit to staying grounded in appreciating the present moment, trusting that what's next will grow out of that in really unexpected and wonderful ways. I'll do my best to keep these episodes coming, even in the midst of the transition from Pacific Northwest to Midwest. I have some great guests line up, including talking with Jeffrey Shaw of the Creative Warriors podcast about his new book, Lingo. I'll be talking to communication coach Grace Judson, who will share thoughts on empathy and connection. And Marion McGovern will give us advice on how introverts can thrive in the new gig economy. So stay tuned for all of those wonderful guests who I know are going to provide awesome value to all of us. A few other things that you should know about. The final virtual networking for introverts for 2017 will be on Thursday, December 14th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll hear from sales expert Steve McCullough, who will provide tips for an introvert-friendly sales process to make your 2018 strategies better than ever. Registration will be open on December 2nd, and you can visit theintrovertentrepreneur.com for more details and to register. In the new year, I'm also going to be offering a new monthly virtual masterclass, and the title is still to be determined. It'll be a series of masterclasses, each featuring a guest speaker, and time for you to explore as a group and in smaller groups how you can use the information immediately in really practical ways. So more information about that will be available very soon. I just wanted to plant the seed, so please stay tuned. And finally, I'm excited to share that the electronic version of my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms, will be on sale for $1.99 starting on December 10th, which is great timing because that is just in time for holiday giving. And yes, you can give electronic books as gifts. And I will include how to do that in the post on my website if you go there. It's also easy to learn about that if you go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, they'll have instructions. The best way to make sure that you don't miss the deal is to sign up for a service called BookBub. That's B-O-O-K-B-U-B dot com, which sends daily emails about 
bestsellers on sale. Doesn't cost anything to sign up. You just give them your name and, and email and you get these daily emails based on your preferences. You can also just mark your calendar for December 10th and put yourself a reminder to go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, or wherever ebooks are sold. I'll also be sending out a notice to my email subscribers of my every so often newsletter. So you can sign up for that if you also want to make sure that you get a reminder. Okay, I think that that is all I have for this episode. I have to keep purging and packing while focusing on what's now. In this moment, I'm extremely grateful to you for having spent this time with me. And I'm grateful for Paul Messing, my fearless podcast producer. This is Beth B. Lowe of The Introvert Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining me. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. <laughs>